This is the Social Pros Podcast, the weekly show for real people doing real work in social media. With your host, Jay Bear of Convince and Convert, and featuring Jeff Roars, Zena Wiest, and great guests from the world of social media and content marketing. Social Pros is sponsored by ExactTarget, a Salesforce.com company, Xpian, Janray, and Cision. Ready to learn from the pros? Let's get to work. Welcome, everybody, to another exciting and fantastic edition of Social Pros, the podcast for real people doing real work in social media. I am, in fact, Jay Bear from Convince and Convert, joined as usual by my pals Jeff Roars from Exact Target, a Salesforce.com company, and Zena Wiest from XBeyond. Hey, kids, what are you doing? All's good on my end. Yeah, enjoying a gray day. A gray day indeed. We have a terrific guest on the program this week. Uh, I had the fantastic good fortune of sharing the stage with her uh, at the WOMA conference uh, a couple of months ago and immediately asked her to be on the show. And luckily, we have got it lined up. Lauren Salazar, who is the director of social media for Weight Watchers, joins us on the podcast today from New York, right? Lauren, are you at work today in the city? Yep, New York City. Thank you very much for being part of the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you. I'm so excited to be on today. Well, good. Let's uh, let's get right into it. Um, you have a really interesting set of circumstances in social media, even more so than other folks we've had on the show, because of the way Weight Watchers is structured. Um, every week, more than a million Weight Watchers members attend one of more than 40,000 Weight Watchers meetings, and you've got more than 10,000 sort of group leaders who are ostensibly sort of carrying your brand out there, not only in, in, in three dimensions, but also in social. How do you kind of coordinate and make sense of, of all of that uh, sort of advocacy and attention that, that comes along with your brand? Yeah, I mean, I think we are, Weight Watchers is, first off, an amazing brand to be working in social media for just because, um, as you said, it's sort of a brand that was born with brand advocacy inherently into it. Um, You know, what started as a, you know, a meeting in a living room in Queens, um, really people connecting around shared experiences and shared goals um, has translated over the past 50 years to be one of the leading providers in weight loss, um, in commercial weight loss. And so I think for a social media pro, this is a really awesome brand to work on um, and on a daily basis just to be inspired by the amount of brand advocacy and the, and the content that people are sharing on their social media channels and in our organic communities is, is awesome and humbling and um, an incredible part to be, um, to be a part of. I think when we think about the role of social media for our company, it is to, you know, sort of enable and inspire and encourage our members along their weight loss journey um, and those touch points that happen in between sort of meetings and how can we continue to encourage them. Um, And then it's also to inspire the person that's, you know, sitting on the couch who maybe doesn't believe they can achieve it, um, you know, through our content, through our activity, through the great support that we're able um, to have for our members um, in these channels to, you know, get up and, and try something themselves. And, and we really see social having that dual role um, and, and being able to support our, our brand that way. So the role not only of, of keeping current members engaged in sort of reducing churn from a business perspective, uh, but, but also inspiring uh, potential new Weight Watchers members. Mm-hmm. 
how how is your team structured? Sort of what does your social media department look like? Right. Um, so, I mean, I think when I think about our social media team, it's, you know, we have an internal team and then we have our external partners and we holistically make up our social media team. Um, you know, we've grown over the years, of course, um, as sort of our efforts have grown, as the number of platforms have grown, um, and we've definitely, you know, looked at ways we can develop our own internal social media expertise in key areas. Um, a, a good example is our uh, customer care team. You know, uh, we undertook a pretty significant training um, exercise with our customer care staff um, in, in making them platform experts and really teaching them how to leverage social media in support of their duties because they, they already had sort of the knowledge and skill set around the brand. They were trained to answer things like program questions and technical questions and support questions. Um, and so what started out as um, something that we used to have external vendors and agencies um, handle for us, we realized the benefit in, in sort of training that knowledge and expertise in-house. Um, and so we continue to look for opportunities within our internal organization structure to grow our expertise um, in areas that it makes sense. Um, and then we continue to partner with our agency partners. Our, our current social media agency is Ogilvy One, and we do a lot of strategy and execution and analytics work with them um, and, and lean on where they have um, prior experience to help us grow and scale our programs. Because you've got sort of the dual role for social, the, the sort of uh, uh, loyalty play as well as the member attraction play, do you have different sets of KPIs for each of those initiatives? And, and sort of what are the key metrics that you and your team pay attention to that you can walk into an executive's office and say, hey, this is this is working? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we... We look at a lot of the traditional social metrics that I'm sure most brands are looking at. Um, we've, you know, we look at engagement. We, you know, both from a, um, are our members receiving our message and engaging in with, with it? And then also from a share out perspective, are they passing it along? What are sort of the um, prom- promotion scores against these people that we could be looking at? Um, and then we look at a lot of digital metrics. We've been, we've been, um, you know, sort of looking at things like clicks and conversions and click-through rates, et cetera, since we launched in 2009. Um, and, you know, holistically, where we look to how can we optimize towards both of those things. And maybe not every content performs, every piece of content performs against, you know, each metric, but they, we have specific goals and strategies against different content that we we produce, um, and so we look and we measure the KPIs based on what we were trying to achieve. I think social media analytics in general, I just want to caveat all of that. We look at a lot of KPIs. I think social media analytics in general is an area where we are just excited as everybody else to continue to look and see how the field evolves um, and how we can do more advanced analytics work that really truly help unlock what is the value of a social media program? Um, you know, we're happy if what we're doing is engaging and, and helping drive our business goals, but clearly the industry as a whole is evolving and, and we're, we're working with partners currently to help understand um, where else we can go from a measurement standpoint. 
No doubt it continues to to evolve and, and I think yeah, and, and one way get more complicated because there's more things you can measure uh, and in another way gets easier because the, the measurement tools uh, get better and smarter. We've got more best practices and, and water under the bridge. Um, right. You do a ton of sort of social listening and, and sort of social driven uh, customer service like you talked about, um, whether it's reaching out to existing members or answering their questions or inspiring other people. I think you told me at one point that your team is answering like a thousand questions a week uh, in social. That's a pretty huge uh, scale. A couple of questions along those lines. One, do you have specific hours that your team is really listening and participating in social? Social and, and do you sort of disclose those hours and say, look, we're operating eight to five uh, or, or are you doing 24 uh, seven support? And then do you or can you measure kind of the results and the efficacy of that kind of question answering and participation? I mean, do you do, you do sort of satisfaction surveys or anything like that to know, yep, we help these people and that's ultimately uh, paying off in the long run? Yeah, I mean, I think this all goes back to we made a decision as a business that investing in our customer care, training our agents on social media platforms, on sort of the social CRM tools that we had in place um, would ultimately enable us to really put our best foot forward in social media, Um, being able to help our members, being able to answer questions from our prospects, um, being able to really be that service brand that we are at heart and to, to really showcase that on such a public um, and visible stage <laughs> was important to us. Um, so, I mean, I can't stress enough like how much process and training and sort of time investment our company made, my, you know, both my team and our, our vice president of customer care to, to really get this right because we anticipated it being a really important piece for us. Um, and I think we, it, it depends I would say the 1,000 number is really, it fluctuates depending on the week, depending on, um, and I actually don't even know if that's the most up-to-date. Um, my guess is it's January. It's one million. Around weight loss in general. <laughs> um, so I think listening um, and being able to monitor and scale is something that we're con- consistently evolving, I mean, even season by season. Um, in terms of how we structured sort of the monitoring hours um, and listening hours, we we started out with full-blown, I, I believe it was 24-hour support, and then we just optimized based on what we were seeing the heavy volumes um, were. And I mean, we're, we're still at almost um, during the week when, when a large percentage is happening. Um, we're you know, it's really those wee hours of the morning where we weren't seeing a lot of volume um, that we realized we could actually um, either lower staff um, or think about how to re-staff so that we made sure we were there when the majority of people were. Um, And, you know, we do have weekend support. We do have late night support when people are... um, Thinking about those cravings and the, the refrigerator. <laughs> I've been out all night. Should I eat this Twinkie <laughs> and pizza? Yes. Um, and so, I mean, we're definitely, we feel comfortable that we are doing um, a really great job um, servicing the questions and the inquiries and the opportunities that come into our brand. Um, and I think the way we measure that is we look at traditional customer care metrics. We look at average response time. 
We look at net promoter score. We look at the feedback that we're getting from people when we help them. Um, and we really take that and, and learn from that and, and really make our efforts that much better because of it. Do you look at that so distinctly whether, and say, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, do you well, look at that whether, distinctly? Like, in terms of amount. Oh, sorry. I was going to ask if you if you sort of looked at, at, at net promoter score based on net promoter score amongst people you helped on Twitter versus in general. We look at it. Um, I, I believe they specifically calculate it. Which That's awesome. Again, not, I, I don't do the calculations. I believe it's specifically social, and then they look at it against how we calculate That's great. our other um, customer care uh, touch points, so phone and email. It's, it's the same teams. Um, they all sit together, yeah. and then our social folks have just been specially trained on the platforms, which is which has been great because there's a lot of knowledge sharing that happens when you're doing a training on a new innovation or um, on a new initiative for the company. It's you're training one group of people, and then just how it is. Well, sure, it's it's easier to teach them Twitter than to teach them everything about Weight Watchers. Right. I mean, you know, it's easier to teach them the software than all the stuff that you would need to know to, to, to support somebody uh, across all your different products. And I think we found the agents that work on our social media team. I mean, we I'm, I flew out to meet with them and really stressed to them the importance that they were part of the team, um, that they are representing the brand and they, they're just so excited. And um, I think it's been a, a really great motivator for that team in particular, um, that they're working on something like cool and buzzy. I mean, the whole team is great. And so um, I, for us, it was it was awesome to sort of include um, a whole other set of people in our day-to-day -day social media strategy and operations. Um, and it's it's been a total learning experience and a great one for both sides. Fantastic. I'm going to throw it to Jeff uh, in just a second. First, I want to remind you that Social Pros is brought to you by the good people at Jan Rain, which provide social sharing, social login, and social profile data collection services to some of the biggest and most successful online marketers in the world. Uh, Jan Rain does many things, but perhaps what you would know them most for is the social login things that you see on different websites where it says, hey, instead of filling out this form, why don't you just log in with Facebook or Twitter or Google? Uh, they do a lot of that kind of work and then create some very, very powerful database and information marketing opportunities on the back end. Speaking of information, Janrain has a free downloadable ebook, which helps you uh, create better forms, improve your conversion rate, treat your customers better, improve satisfaction with your data collection methods. You can download that free ebook now at ar.gy slash better registration. That's ar.gy slash better registration. Okay, Jeff, what questions do you have for Lauren Salazar of Weight Watchers? Yes, Lauren, thanks for joining us today. I wanted to um, understand how the wearable technology revolution uh, is impacting what Weight Watchers is doing in social. Uh, I know that uh, you, uh, you folks sell uh, some wearables that you know, allow you to track activity and the like, you know, akin to Fuel Band, and I'm not sure if your partnership was with Fitbit, but could you tell the uh, listeners a little bit about uh, how that plugs into your your social strategy now? Um, yes, you know the wearable technology is super interesting. I think um, what you know the Fitbits have done has um, really been a, a very cool thing to watch in terms of conversations and social media around fitness. 
we we have our own um, device, which is called ActiveLink, and that is um, something that calculates the uh, proprietary um, fitness measurement that our members use, um, and it's called an activity point. So it it really helps our members who use it um, able to translate and understand their activity in relation to the Weight Watchers program. Um, and so when when we think about what we're looking for in social media, we, we're listening and we're sort of monitoring when people are talking about their active link. We see a lot of people sharing um, photos of it on Instagram and sort of talking about um, their favorite like moments of joy during the day when they're wearing it mm -hmm. and they, they, it's all lit up. Um, and so in social, we really think about how we can amplify those, how we can encourage people um, to stay active. You know, a lot of our content is focused on fitness and um, motiv motivating people, um, really easy, um, accessible fitness. You know, mm -hmm. we believe that fitness can be as simple as taking the stairs and, and the choices that you make um, to, to walk and, put, you know, park your car at the end of the parking lot and, you know, do your grocery shopping. Um, from just a half mile away as opposed to right up in that front spot. Um, and so when we think about, from a social standpoint, the messages that we're putting out and what we're looking to amplify from what people are doing with our active link, um, that's really where we're focused, is, is showing that exercise is um, livable and you can incorporate it um, into your everyday. Um, and, and it doesn't have to be intimidating. And kind of a related question, I'm interested in, uh, if you're dabbling or, or what things you're doing with regard to kind of gamification because mm -hmm. obviously weight loss and health uh, you know lend themselves to those numbers that people can passionately pursue and get fixated with and competitive with uh, so how does that play into both the overall strategy and then express itself through social media yeah absolutely I mean I think gamification is such a great motivator for a lot of different fields um, and that weight loss is definitely no exception um, one of the I don't know if you're familiar with it, but we have a community on our site um, which has things like blogs and message boards, and we also have challenges there where people can sign up to join um, a challenge either with their friends or they can join one of the um, Weight Watcher sponsored challenges that we put out. Um, and they're really doing some amazing things where they're, they're tracking sort of their weight loss or their activity or their progress against a group of people. Um, we have brides setting up new bridal challenges. We have mommy groups setting up new mom challenges. We have people who just want to challenge themselves to drink more water every day, and they check in and sort of um, acknowledge to other people in their challenge that they've they've achieved that goal for the day. It's great for accountability. It's great for motivation. It's great for um, sort of keeping people connected with other people who have similar goals and who are working together to achieve those goals. Um, and, you know, some of our most popular ones, um, we, we just see engagement through the roof. So that, I think gamification is huge for um, any social community, and, and specifically for weight loss, it, it really is a great motivator. And just from a logistics standpoint, are those forum, is the forum management, those types of things, does that fall under your team, or is that hosted elsewhere? Um, the forum management? Do you mean the message boards or the challenges? Just the, the, the folks who are, you know, both staffing and supporting that from a Weight Watcher standpoint. I realize it's probably pretty self-sustained uh, within the community, but, you know, is that something that your team's kind of overlooking and looking for yeah. opportunities to engage, or uh, is, it, is it managed elsewhere with your organization? 
it's it's actually a combined effort. Um, you know, our our social media community team. They're sort of a Uber team, uh, and then there's people that individually manage different aspects, so platforms. Um, so it's it's all within. Um, I would say our Uber community social media team. Um, moderation and monitoring also happens from the same customer care team that's monitoring our social platforms gotcha. so because, you, again, the tone is the same, the types of inquiries, the questions that are coming through. Sure. Um, these people are used to um, or are being trained on um, developing the skills to address them. Sure. So my last question is uh, what is the fundamental difference between men and women that you have learned from observing them socially through the Weight Watchers lens? Oh, wow. Um, I, don't, I actually don't know if I've seen a fundamental difference. Um, I think people um, want to connect with other people in social media who are like them or who can share knowledge that will help them or who are going through the same things as they are, who will offer them encouragement and support. And, you know, weight loss, whether you're male or female, you know, it's it's still a personal thing. And the more you can find that support, um, the, the better off your experience is going to be. I think we treat our men and women, um, you know, the same. We, we offer tips, motivation, encouragement, support. We answer their questions. Um, you know, we... we have an ambassador for men, um, clearly Charles, who is amazing. Um, and so we that would have be Sir Charles, correct? Sir <laughs> Charles Barkley. Sir Charles Barkley. Hasn't um, he lost all his weight yet? Um, actually, I don't have an update on his progress. Do you phase them out? I'm sorry. Do you phase them out once they've you know achieved their goal? So we'll be you know. Oh, absolutely they, not. We've been working with Jennifer Hudson, who's been at goal for. Several oh, years. Um, we moved working with her for years. We we have something called lifetime membership status um, with Weight Watchers. So once you've hit your goal, um, you actually can continue to um, attend our meetings for free and stay part of our family. And we absolutely do not sort of push you out the door and say you did it, bye bye. Um, you're an important and vital part of our our family. Um, and you know we know our lifetime members are such an amazing inspiration. For people who are just starting out, I mean, here's someone just like you that's actually achieved it and can share their sort of experience and knowledge and tips um, and, and really pass pass along or pay it forward what they went through. Sure. Um, so no, we don't we don't kick them off the reservation <laughs> in any means. The the one thing I will say is we we have developed in the past in social media um, targeted content that maybe appeals to one gender over another. So for Charles, we did March Madness, um, uh, a March Madness cheat sheet of all different meals and fun, you know, fun things to, to have while you're watching the game or if you were attending the game um, with our female ambassadors, Jennifer and Jessica and Anna. Um, we, we had a new mom's magazine um, or, or a mom's magazine, which was really a lot of mom advice which, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm sure there were dads and men reading it. <laughs> um, but, you know, we have done some gender-specific content in social media. Lauren, this is Zena. Talking about the celebrity ambassadors, um, I know that Jessica Simpson, you recently did a live video chat with her. Can you give us a little background on that and let us know how it went? I think it was just, I don't know, maybe last week. Yeah, 
Yeah, it was last Tuesday, actually. Um, yeah, thank you for asking. We uh, we did we did a live Google Plus Hangout with Jessica, um, and it, you know, first for us, it was just an awesome opportunity um, in general. It was our first ever Google Hangout. Um, we've been really thinking about building our Google presence um, over the last few months. We just launched our Google Plus page in the fall. Um, we launched an initiative with Google. We were one of their um, partners on a, a new service they have called Helpout. Um, and so this Google Hangout was a really great opportunity for us to, to continue to evolve um, our relationship with Google and um, sort of our presence on the platform. Um, so what we did is we had Jessica um, come to as, uh, an area and she was interviewed by one of our ambassadors and um, a leader actually, um, a meetings leader called Arancis. Um And she was talking about her weight loss and talking about sort of her experience in motherhood, giving some fashion tips for the new year, specifically things that she wore as she was transitioning. Um, in our weight loss journey, and you know, because it was a hangout, you could have people participate. So we found some of our um, biggest brand advocates in social media um, and invited them to participate. And they got to ask Jessica their own questions about um, her journey and her advice and her tips. Um, and it was really great to interact, to see that interaction between her and our um, and our members. And um, in terms of you know, promotion. We had been promoting it a few days before on our social communities and in our forums, um, and we actually took questions from social media and, um, and you know asked Jessica live on air these questions. So it was great, even for people sitting at home, to be able to interact with her in that way and really ask the burning questions that she wanted to know. Um, so yeah, we we thought it went really well. Um, you know, it, we got great response and um, you know what what we've seen when we've done these before because we did a, a live chat with Charles a while back we did one with Jennifer Hudson um, uh, and it's a great way to connect our ambassadors um, with members and with you know the social communities to talk about their own authentic experiences I mean they are living the Weight Watchers program and they are experiencing it every day and when you have other people who are also doing that that the magic that happens when you see them interact and share you know their favorite moments or tips or meals um, it, it's really powerful and, and really um, inspiring yeah and it's a great way also for you to just intertwine what you're doing with traditional media and with online and digital as well you know it's they're they're living their brand in the commercials and then they're you know one-on-one -on -one with just the individual Weight Watch, Weight Watcher folks too. You know, just asking questions and just you know, this is how it is with me. And yes, I do have trouble, and of course, I want to do this, but I know to stick with my points and and you know, working through that together. And you know, they're just as real, and they struggle just as much, and then they have the wins and setbacks. So I think it's a great way to you know, really pop the personality online, and also the integration piece with traditional is is fantastic as well. Yeah, I I think that's another. Like just in, in general in social media, I mean our brand ambassadors are fantastic and they, they truly um, live the program and a lot of times in 
you know, in social media, that can come through the most authentically, whether it's Jessica tweeting that she was going for a walk with her husband last week. Um, I mean, that is sort of just that everyday activity. She's living the brand. She's living sort of the Weight Watchers experience, and that comes through, I would say, with all of our ambassadors, just when you talk to them and, and sort of hear from them their point of view of what their day-to-day is like. I mean, they, they are on Weight Watchers. Yeah, it's that advocacy element that's just, I mean, perfect for what you guys do. It's it's phenomenal. I have one more question for you, and it's actually on Pinterest. And it's more just talking about what you guys are doing with Pinterest. I know you guys light it up, um, but especially <laughs> with food and Pinterest, that's perfect. But can you just share a little bit about what you're doing and kind of how you're you're standing out in that in on Pinterest? Absolutely. I mean, you kind of hit it right on the nail on the head. It, Pinterest is a food, um, and it's already like one of the number one categories on Pinterest. So for us, it's a it's a natural fit. Um, I think we when we thought about what our opportunity was was on the platform before we launched on it, it was this is an amazing place for us to really demonstrate something that we believe is a competitive advantage. You know, we on Weight Watchers, you can eat real food. You can have delicious meals. You can, you know, you're not eating out of a box or a, you know, it it is the place where you can actually experience and see um, how real food can incorporate into a weight loss program and into everyday healthy living. And on Pinterest, that just plays out so beautifully. Um, the existing behavior was already there that people were pinning their favorite recipes and delicious foods. Um, and so then it was just about helping them curate things that are seasonal or helping them um, find things that maybe would support their, I don't know, pumpkin craving in fall or Super Bowl cravings or parties in February. Um, and so for us, it's it's um, it's been a great platform to showcase that you can eat real food on Weight Watchers. Um, I think just the a note on the tapping into existing behaviors, that's that's really any time we approach a platform, we're thinking about what are people doing here? You know, we, we're not necessarily rushing onto every platform the second it launches. We're thinking about, you know, what are our existing members doing here? What is the larger community doing here? And I think that has informed where we launch strategically, what our approach to the platform is. Um, on Instagram, you know, we saw that there were like hundreds of thousands of people who were sharing um, their Weight Watchers everyday moments on um, Instagram, whether it was a picture of their running sneakers because they were about to go out for a walk or a picture of the delicious lunch that they just made um, or uh, something that they were writing on their bathroom mirror and steam um, to keep them motivated or inspired for the day. And, you know, we really took that and internalized that and said, okay, how, what can we do? What role can we play here? Um, and so our strategy is what content can we create? And then how can we also reshare the content that's being created every day by these um, wonderful brand advocates and just sort of amplify that in a larger sense? And it's, it's been an awesome um, success story for us. We've, we've only been on the platform a few months, and we have like 12,000 followers or something. So um, we think we feel really good that our our approach to platforms when when we do launch something new. Um, we're taking the time, we're looking at the best practices, and we're really trying to tap into what's already happening there 
um, and, and add value and not just sort of show up and say, this is what we want to do. Well, it's certainly great when your fans are, are creating all the content for you or much of the content for you, not only in Pinterest, but across a number of other social outposts. You certainly have the, the loyalty thing uh, going on, which probably makes your job a lot easier because you don't have to create all the stuff, which is which is fantastic. It makes my job exciting. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Like no easy, doubt. But it makes it exciting and inspiring. And I mean, every day, it's there's, they surprise me with the creativity, originality, and just genuine love that they have for the brand. It's amazing. Awesome. We'll be back with more from Lauren Salazar from Weight Watchers at the end of the show in the big two questions section. First, I want to remind you that the Social Pros podcast is brought to you by the good people at Cision, the leading provider of software services and tools to the public relations industry. If you need to know who's talking about your company or you need to know who the key media and important influencers are, you need Cision. Uh, they have a free ebook that you can download called Power Your Story, Content Marketing Essentials for Public Relations. Good stuff. Uh, this uh, ebook is uh, you know, 10, 15 pages, easy to read, very smart stuff, great tips from Cision. Grab that today at ar.gy slash power story. That's ar.gy slash power story. That's all lowercase, one word. And thanks very much to the good folks at Cision. Okay, Jeff, uh, how about the social media number of the week? All right, so we are about uh, less than a month out from the Super Bowl. So uh, the numbers I have are all related to the Super Bowl today for us to discuss. And I'm going to start with 4.5 million, which is the high end of 30-second spot costs on Fox broadcast of the Super Bowl this year. Wow. Uh, the range that I've seen is 4 million to 4.5. They sold out of that inventory back in late November, uh, according to many sources. Uh, so if you wanted to purchase that, Jay, I'm sorry, you're a little too late. You're going to have to go with local inventory if that's even around. Um, but the other piece of this is uh, I, I was flipping through the ad age from uh, January 6th, and there's an article that uh, cites a study that found that 80% of Super Bowl ads flop. And if you dig into this, so there's some interesting stats that are that you know we may want to discuss. One of them is that... Super Bowl ads actually do a little bit better than average ads uh, on awareness. About 44% of the people on average remember that they've seen a Super Bowl ad versus about 32% for other ads, non-Super Bowl ads. But what's interesting is that the, the people who can actually then recall the brands they've seen in a Super Bowl ad drops. So only about 35% of the time can people remember a brand they saw in a Super Bowl ad and normally for all other uh, television advertising, it's about 50%. So it's a mixed bag for the efficacy of Super Bowl ads, but that you know 80% step that they flop, that they aren't actually moving the needle positively, raises the interesting question of, you know, that I've asked in my book, and I know we've discussed a lot, Jay, is, you know, are uh, brands asking their Super Bowl ads to do enough for them? Uh, you know, is it enough to right. brand or just create something entertaining? Should they be going with much more of a direct marketing type of approach since everybody's watching that game pretty much these days with some sort of device in hand or nearby. 
Yeah, it's interesting. You, you still see very few calls to action in Super Bowl spots, which you pointed out in your book, Audience. The the, the price of the spots doesn't really surprise me uh, just because there's so few things that are really appointment television now that you'll actually sure. watch live. And that's why all the rights fees for sports are, getting, are just getting crazy because, yeah. uh, you know, you're, you know, everything else you can DVR or get it on Netflix or Hulu or, or whatever. But uh, Super Bowl or really any live sports event that you care about is not among them. So uh, 4.5 million, while it, it, you know, I think anybody on this show is not really a huge believer in interruption marketing. That's one of the exceptions that kind of prove the rule. But I, I agree. Uh, you know, there's this big belief that Super Bowl has all this aggregated audience. Therefore, you can just move the needle on your brand. And maybe you can, but I think most of the time you can't. However, having been in the advertising business, at least tangentially uh, in the past, you know, nobody thinks their commercial is going to be the 80%. They think their commercial is going to be the 20%, which is why they're investing in those kind of dollars. So, uh, but I completely agree with you, Jeff. At the end of the day, these ads would be much better off as part of an integrated campaign that actually has a call to action, has a strong social component, has a content marketing and a utility component. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see if we see a shift in uh, creative and calls to action uh, for the spots this year. I doubt it because most of those commercials are still made by agencies that in many cases kind of look at marketing from a legacy perspective, but it would be uh, fantastic if uh, if I was wrong. Well, and I'll be repeating my research. You know, as a Cleveland Browns fan, I don't watch for the game. I only watch for the commercials. So I'll be uh, DVRing and replaying it all to uh, track it. And hopefully we'll have an infographic the day after uh, and can certainly talk about it uh, here on Social Pros in about a month. Oh, you're going to make one. That's fantastic. Good. Well, that yeah. infographic will be made by Exact Target, which is also a sponsor of this year podcast, Social Pros. Uh, Jeff's company, Exact Target, a salesforce.com company is a world leader, of course, in interactive marketing software powering the email and the web and mobile and social programs of thousands and thousands of companies worldwide. Speaking of research that Exact Target has produced, uh, as Jeff teased out, there'll be something uh, around the Super Bowl, but they just rolled out one a week or so ago called the 2014 State of Marketing, where Exact Target surveyed 2,500 or so marketers uh, from around the world and kind of got a handle on what they believe to be true, where are they spending their dollars, what types of marketing are effective and not as effective for them. Really fantastic research. You should grab that if you haven't had a chance to do so. I wrote about it on my blog a couple of weeks ago. Some other folks did too, so you may have seen it. But if not, I really suggest you grab it. Uh, it's definitely worth a read. The 2014 State of Marketing Report is available for free, downloadable now at ar.gy slash state of marketing. ar.gy slash state of marketing, all lowercase and all run together, as you might expect. Zena, speaking of football... What do you have for this week's Holy Social? Well, you know, and actually, Jay, you helped me out with this, so thank you so much. Um, we're going to be talking about hashtag Omaha, Omaha, and Peyton Manning yesterday, and yelling out right before the snap, Omaha. And what came out of that on Twitter, lots of people talking about it, lots of people saying, is he yelling out Omaha? I think he's saying Omaha. And so... The Visit Omaha, um, which is actually ran by the, the Twitter handle, at Visit Omaha, which is actually ran by Omaha Convention and Visitors Bureau, took a nod from what Peyton was saying, and they tweeted out, we certainly appreciate all the love from hashtag Peyton Manning, little smiley face, and then hashtag Omaha, Omaha. And last check, right before the podcast, it had been tweeted over, retweeted over 4,000 times and it was it had over 1500 favorites. That's so awesome. So 
I know. And then you also heard that, you know, Bud Light, he, he um, at the end, when they were talking with him, at the recap at the end of the game, he said, all I care about is getting a Bud Light in my hands. And, of course, um, the reporter tweeted that out, and then Bud Light retweeted that, and that's going along as well. So the real-time marketing happening in football is, you know, alive and well. It's funny because, and actually just uh, to clarify, we're recording this uh, uh, about uh, 10 days before it'll be out. I'm going to be on vacation next week, so we're recording this one early. So by the time you hear this, Peyton Manning may be headed to the Super Bowl or may be out of the playoffs. We will we will find out. Uh, but you're right, Zena. The, the real-time marketing, which a lot of times we talk about on the show, it's sort of the structured real-time marketing, which probably sounds like a ridiculous oxymoron, but but where a brand is, is trying to set up a program uh, to, to ride a hashtag that they know was coming right so uh the golden globes was last night so you saw a lot of brands uh trying to sort of jump in uh on on moments that happened in the golden Globes. some of them well some of them terribly but what i really really like about this particular holy social is you see a cvb in omaha which isn't usually involved in real-time marketing but is paying attention and is able to capitalize on on a true uh sort of moment of of stars aligning and and make something out of it and not doing it in some sort of you know super highly produced slick kind of ridiculous way but just in an authentic, interesting way, and you see the results. And that's why we're talking about it. Because, like you said, it's very authentic. It's not a buzz wedge. And what we saw yet last night with the Golden Globes, there were a lot of brands doing a lot of buzz wedge, meaning, you know, they're wanting to to tap tack on to what is going on, but it really isn't working. So they're wedging their way in, but it's really kind of more of a wedgie and less of, you know, something authentic and what they should be doing. I like the but, buzz wedgie. We need an infographic <laughs> so. on that. Yeah, so I do, I do have to chime in and say Bud Light does deserve a buzz wedgie because if you didn't catch it, <clears throat> they sent a, a tweet with a picture accompanied by the text, and then there were four, and it was four of their co-branded cans, which were no. supposed to be representative of the four teams that had made the championship games in their respective conferences. Ew. The cans oh. involved, San Francisco and Denver, who both made the the championship games, yep. but the Indianapolis Colts and the New Orleans Saints. What? So if you go to Deadspin, <clears throat> if you go to Deadspin.com, you can see a post about this with the graphic. So they tried so, to do real-time marketing, had the wrong teams on the cans? Yes. What <laughs> up with that? Wrote, I have no idea. Oh, <laughs> man, no. Jeff, I missed that. Okay, I got to go out there and check that out. It's not like yeah. who won those games was secret information uh, <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. Wow. Um, yeah, a couple of them did not come down to the wire, so they should know uh, better. Wow! So it's it's it, if you're gonna if you're gonna dip in your toe in that water and take advantage of real time, make sure the stuff that you prepped in advance is accurate. They might be the kings of the buzz wedgie. Yeah, no week. kidding. We should have Buzz, yeah. buzz Wedgie Awards on this podcast. Let's make that Let's happen. Let's do that. The people nominate yeah. it. Um, but one of the things that you might use for real-time marketing is software from Xbeon, which is Zena's fantastic company. Xbeon is a centralized platform that empowers global brands and agencies and retailers to manage their social marketing efforts to do a Buzz Wedge in a good way, not a Buzz Wedgie. Uh, if you were Omaha, you could use Xbeon, for example, to find uh, this tweet and then capitalize upon it. Uh, Xbeon has a terrific uh, free downloadable ebook as well that I want to draw your attention to. It's called the Fave 50 Social Retail Report, which analyzes the Facebook presence of 50 top U.S. retail brands and looks at all the kind of key trends in social media. They analyze more than 16,000 individual Facebook posts 
to pull out uh, kind of the key lessons that we can all utilize uh, in our businesses to maximize our effectiveness on that very important social platform. You can get the X Beyond Fave 50 social retail, retail report for free now at ar.gy slash fave50. That's ar.gy slash fave five zero. Okay, Lauren, this is time for the big two questions. The big two questions. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. Okay, are you sure you're ready? Do you need a, so. do you need a snack? Maybe some carrot sticks or something heart healthy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, zero points. Carrot zero sticks, carrot sticks is zero points. Zero points. Okay. Uh, what would Bud Light be? How many points is that? Um, I don't have it exactly, but I have definitely calculated it before. Um, it's it's one of the special week thing I use my weekly points for uh, <laughs> my, my nights out and my, my game watching. There you go. Nice. Um, and, and go Niners. Woo! Nice. Go Niners. Okay. Uh, first question for you, Lauren Salazar, director of social media, Weight Watchers. What one tip would you give the listener uh, audience here to become a social pro? Okay. Um, so to become a social pro, I, I guess, I guess if you want to be a social pro and get into social media, I think it's important to kind of have the the antithesis of shiny object syndrome. So be able to look at things um, from the lens of your brand. Say what's making sense. It's you know you may be an early adopter, but if your consumers aren't necessarily on the platform or the brand new trend um, that you personally feel like it's so exciting, then it probably doesn't make sense for you as a brand yet. Um, you, you have to use judgment and be discerning and, and know how to structure your resources appropriately for what you're trying to achieve. Um, and then I think you also just have to be, you have to be excited about the opportunity that social media offers. It, it's a feedback channel. It's two-way dialogue. And if you're the kind of person that loves the ability to get those insights regularly, to hear from your customers or your consumers, um, to continually optimize and change and solve for what what is happening um, on an ongoing basis and what you're hearing from them, I think you know that makes somebody really well positioned to be a social pro and to be working in this field. I love that. It's be excited, but not too excited. That's good. That's good <laughs> advice. I like yeah. that a lot. Uh, and the last question uh, for Lauren is, if you could do a Skype call with any living person, who would it be? Oh, well, maybe first just my mom, because if I could get her to figure out Skype, that would be amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, mom. I don't know if she can figure out podcasts either. Um, the... I guess the person, you know, I follow George from Star Wars on Facebook, um, and I would love to Skype with him and just get inside his brain, like, how do you come up with what I think is arguably the most entertaining, witty, funny, fascinating Facebook page I've ever followed or seen created, um, outside of ours, of course, but I think George from from Star Wars. George Takai from, George Takai, that's a great one, fantastic. Yes. Lauren, thank you so much for being part of the show. You were fantastic. Congratulations uh, on all the success at Weight Watchers and, uh, and, and keep it up. Jeff, who's on the big show next week? Dennis Rodman. 
Big, big draw. He'll go <laughs> live, anywhere these days. Live from North Korea, Dennis Rodman on Social Pros. You know, we could probably hook that up, actually. That, that is probably doable. Uh, but actually, it's not Dennis Rodman, at least not next week. Uh, it is uh, Amrita. Uh, it is Amrita uh, Sahasra Budi, who is uh, head of social media at Aramark. Uh, obviously, oh, Aramark does wrong. the Aramark does uh, concessions at all kinds of airports and and sports stadiums and everything else. A really interesting take on social. Uh, so Amrita will be on the show uh, next week. I'll, I'll do my best to get one of these right in the future, Jay. Uh, if you can hook up Dennis Rodman, let's let's do that. We might have to play a charity basketball game amongst the social pros participants. That'd be good. You have to pledge to be his best friend for life. Uh, I can't follow through with that, unfortunately. Thanks, everybody. Lauren, thanks again. Jeff, Zena, I appreciate everybody for listening to the show. As always, we're over 100 episodes now, which blows me away since we started this on a lark uh, two years ago, and here we are. So thanks to all for um, supporting the show. Tell your friends if you haven't. We'll see you next time on Social Pros, the podcast for real people doing real work on social media. Thanks for listening to Social Pros, the show for real people doing real work in social media. Please tell your friends about the show. Subscribe via iTunes or Stitcher and view all episodes at socialpros.com. Until next week, thanks to Cision, Janray, XPN, and ExactTarget, a Salesforce.com company.